I'd like to thank Reverend Everest for allowing me to bring the message this morning. My message comes from the book of Matthew, Matthew the fifth chapter, verses 21 through 26. King James Version, I will read. We, you have heard that it was said of them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall uh, say to his brother, Rico, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, thy fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and thou rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave thy, there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer your, thy gift. I agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way and with him, lest at any time the adversary may deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officers, and thou be cast in prison. Verily I say uh, unto thee, I shall by no means come out thence till thou hast paid thy utmost farthing. It is in the book of Deuteronomy that where it lists the Ten Commandments, with one of them being, you shall not kill. We all know that killing another is wrong. Here we see Jesus expanding on the realm of accountability for murder beyond what most, even in our day, perceive as murderous. Jesus gives a word concerning murder. In our text today, Jesus continued to emphasize the righteousness standard that God expects and requires of humanity to have fellowship with him. Our Lord points out man's misguided perception of righteousness. We come upon the first of six illustrations that Jesus used to address the misguided thoughts of men. In each of these illustrations, he mentioned what they had heard of old, in essence, addressing their skewed perception of what God actually said. We have dealt with the, this portion of the Sermon on the Mount that deals with murder. We know that killing another is wrong, but Jesus expands the realm of accountability for murder beyond what most, even today, perceive as murderous. I want to consider the principles revealed in the message as we, uh, as we think about it, a word concerning murder. Here Jesus speaks of the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Let's take a moment to consider the thoughts of Jesus on this commandment. The Jews were aware of what God expected uh, them when it came to murder. Don't do it. The taking of an innocent life is, is, is the way we all should, not, should know and avoid. Jesus does not question or detract from the great commandment. In fact, he emphasizes the importance and value of it. As we will discover, he even seeks to expand the perception of what constitutes murder. 
We live in a society that has forgotten and even ignored uh, this great command. I don't have hard numbers to share, but consider the countless thousands that are murdered each year through genocide, vicious crime, and pure hatred and malice. Then there's the ghetto that has its own set of laws. Let's settle it our disagreement right now. Our world has produced a society that has little value for human life. God has commanded that we are not to kill. He ordained and created life, and no man has the right to take life. If you do murder, there are consequences, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. Murder was a serious crime in the eyes of God. Many times in Scripture, the Lord declares those who are guilty of murder shall be put to death. Why, just in the book of Numbers, we read six times in chapter 35, sinning against the Lord brings judgment and murder is no exception. This was a crime that was dealt with in the most serious manner. It has been a blight upon humanity since the first of God's creation, as Cain killed his brother Abel, both the sons of Adam. I think most of us would agree that murder is one of the most serious offenses one could commit and should be dealt with swiftly and sternly. I know there is a lot of debate concerning capital punishment, but the Lord has said, the murderer shall be put to death. We live in an age that affords the offender more rights than victims in many cases, but one day, justice will be served. God will judge sin in the lives of unrepentant, uh, including murder. Here, Jesus revealed that he knows what the Bible teaches, and he knows what they have been taught, uh, but he takes it a step further. Murder, as, as, he, as we know it, is sinful and will face judgment, but Jesus reveals that other actions are in the same category of murder and will face judgment as well. He speaks of whatsoever shall keep the whole law and let yet offend in one, he is guilty of all. Jesus declared that these actions were in danger of the Sanhedrin Council, the council which held the highest authority in religious hierarchy. It would be likened to our Supreme Court. An unrestrained temple causes grievances that call the judgment in the court. A warrant of scorn, but whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Here, things get serious in the message. Jesus had addressed their understanding of what constitutes murder. He revealed that those who call a brother a fool is in danger of hell fire. Now, we must understand the context in which Jesus spoke. Jesus has said, if you call someone stupid or dull, it is like saying you are a moron. So to call someone a fool was actually accusing them of being stupid and godless. So on the surface, that doesn't seem all that bad, but you must consider the attitude of the, of the heart from which it is said. If such is said 
from a heart of anger and contempt with no concern for the well-being of that person, it is sin. Jesus is addressing those who have no compassion for others and no desire to help them. These are in danger of hell fire, the same judgment reserved for the rebellious and unrepentant. God's people, uh, we, God's people, we must possess a heart of love for all humanity. It is not sinful to see others' action as foolish. I have no explanation for those who see the hand of God in their lives, experience his drawing power, and yet refuse to respond to him. They are foolish, but if one simply declares them a fool and with no compassion or desire to reach them, they have committed sin and stand in danger of judgment. After Jesus explained the principles uh, regarding murder and seriousness of the action uh, of men associated with such behavior, he revealed how we are to conduct ourselves in order to avoid such behavior. He offers simple illustration for our benefit that we are expected to behave, uh, behave with. Sensitivity, therefore, thou thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remembers that thy brother hath aught against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. Jesus is speaking of one's sensitivity to the leading and direction of the Spirit. The Spirit will speak to us as we seek to worship. The Spirit will guide and convict us in our everyday lives. We must seek we must seek the leading of the Spirit and be willing to submit ourselves uh, to his guidance. Not only do we show sensitivity to our brother, but we need to show sensitivity to, toward the Lord. The only way we can effectively be sensitive to our, his leading is to have lives free of sin. Sin causes separation from the Lord. Purity. Note now that the one who came to the altar with unfinished business with his brother, he left his offering, went first to be reconciled with his brother. Now he is in a position where he can be reconciled with the Lord. The order is very important. Brother first and then the Lord. If you have not reconciled with a brother, having reconciled, you are capable of worshiping, your, uh, worshiping with your order. You must give priority to purity. One who is sensitive to the Spirit's leading will know that having a right relationship uh, with our brother is essential to genuine worship. He speaks of making things right with one whom there is controversy rather than speaking to uh, worship in hypocrisy. If we have out with our brother, your worship is not pure. There's a profound lesson for us as well. Jesus says we are to forsake pretentious worship and seek reconciliation with our brother. When we have achieved that, then we are fit to worship and should return to the altar and offer our gifts. Humility is a modest uh, and low view of one's own importance, humbleness, that is. 
This is not a denial of self-esteem. Uh, that is how you think about yourself, but not how you feel when dealing with others. You are aware of the, those kind of people who look down their nose at you. They have suppressed their humility. You should agree with time with thine adversary quickly while thou art close to him, lest at any time the adversary may cause you to be delivered to prison. That's why we should agree quickly before it has gone too long and the devil has gotten him all swelled up. Jesus speaks of the futile efforts of arguing and division. It always ends up costing more than we want it to pay. He revealed that we are, speak, we, are seek, we are to seek harmony with our adversary rather than contention and strife. Anger and pride often stand in the way of godly living, uh, but I know it is often hard to humble ourselves and extend a hand of reconciliation to a brother that has offended us. But that is what the Lord commands. Don't wait on the offender to come to you. You go to the offender. Bitterness will always end in tragedy if it is left unattended and unresolved. It will bring ruin to your life. We must deal with the sin of bitterness and anger seeking the righteousness of the Lord. Now, these have, have, been, have not been the easiest verses to consider, but they do reveal great truth. Many times we harbor anger and bitterness in our hearts against those we ought to love. God is never pleased with that. We consider murder one of the most hideous acts uh, one can commit, and it is but we need to realize the dangers and potential of the emotions that often lead to that dreadful act. Even the most mature believer uh, has to deal with those emotions. The difference is how we handle them individually. I don't believe anyone under my hearing has mur is a murderer, but what about envy and strife? And what about anger and bitterness? And what about cold-hearted? toward the genuine needs of others. If we have offended one, we are guilty of them all. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for this day and thank you for the message you have given me. We hope this message will settle in someone's heart and make them better citizens as they walk this, walk this path. We ask Heavenly Father that you be with the, our congregation, although we're scattered, but we can be together uh, through electronic means. So we ask Heavenly Father that uh, you, you just be with them and let them know that uh, you have made arrangements that we can uh, get past COVID-19. It's there for us. If we don't do it, we shouldn't be calling on the Lord uh, to do it for us. So Heavenly Father, we just ask you, you, that you just be with us and bless us in Christ's name. Amen.